A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And we are all about the rock and roll today on the final episode of Talk is Jericho for 2022. Talking about the hottest tour in rock and roll right now. It just got underway uh, at the beginning of the month in Mexico. And if you haven't guessed yet, I'm talking about Pantera. My longtime friend and Talk is Jericho alumni multiple times. He was just on uh, a few weeks ago with The Godfather versus Goodfellas Classic Movie Clash. Charlie Benanti returns to give a behind the scenes look and how this incredible event came together. So if you don't know, Charlie and Zach Wilde have joined Pantera singer Phil Anselmo and bass player Rex Brown for a celebration of Pantera, which is going to go all throughout 2023, including a bunch of dates opening for Metallica in the stadiums next year. Charlie's telling the whole story of the uh, of the band, the, the concept of the band, how it came together in vivid detail from when he was first approached about it, how he told the Anthrax guys, and then what he did to learn the songs to ensure he was playing them in true Vinnie Paul style. Charlie talks about his first rehearsals with Pantera, his favorite licks, the hardest drum fills, and how different the drumming is for Pantera versus what he does in Anthrax. He shares all the ways he and the band are paying tribute to the Abbott Brothers, to Vinnie and Dime, from the stage and drum design to what they wear on stage to the last thing they do before they hit the stage each night of the tour. He even reveals the two very personal items from Vinnie Paul and Dime that he has with him on stage for every show. Charlie shares some great stories and memories of Daryl and Vinnie from the first time he met them to the last time he saw them both. We talk about the Van Halen influence on Pantera and on Dime and Vinnie specifically, and Charlie even tells an unbelievable story about what Eddie Van Halen did at Dime's funeral. It's an amazing conversation, but before we get into the celebration of Pantera, still cabins left for Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Just go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. You're not going to want to miss it either. We have so many, uh, so many, so many events and great talent, and so so much happening on the ship. Uh, three quarters of the AW roster will be there. I feel it might be your one and only time to see the Jericho Housen tag team. That's right, Jericho and Danhausen versus the Guns. Uh, one night only on the Jericho Cruise. The first ever Oceanic Champion will be crowned. Moose, Cheeseburger, Matt Cardona, and Dante Martin will battle it out to see who takes on Flip Gordon for the title. For the title. Uh, we got comedy and music on the ship. Fozzie's doing three shows. 
I'll be doing live podcasts. Dave Schrader of the Paranormal 60 will be hosting uh, the Paranormal uh, Experiences that he always uh, shares on board, which is a huge hit. Uh, leaving from Miami to Great Stirrup K, February 2nd. Come hang with us. Book your cabin now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. All right, let's get going with Charlie Benanti and the story of the new incarnation of Pantera and their first tour in 21 years right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Well, last time I saw Charlie uh, Benanti was on the streets of San Diego at uh, <laughs> at Comic-Con for about 10 minutes or so because you were off to do uh, some uh, anthrax, I think, writing and recording. No, we were, we were starting a tour. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were starting a tour. But it was just like two ships of the night we crossed paths. But we talk quite often. Yeah. Pretty much on a daily basis and especially about this current project uh, that you're doing. Of course, the, the Pantera celebration pantera 2.0 and it is causing a huge huge buzz in the metal world but this is something that's been going on i think i remember you telling me about this maybe almost a year ago eight months ago something like that yeah there was talk about it i had found out towards the end of december maybe it was the beginning of january when philip called me up and um i immediately said yep i want to do it it just felt right mm-hmm for some reason, you know, with with, with Daryl and Vinny being gone, I myself missed these songs. You know what I mean? You know, you could listen to them all you want, but I think having them being performed, you know, in front of you and being performed like the right way, it, it really resonated with a lot of people once they really found out that this was going to happen, you know? One of the things that, 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 you know, you get diehard fans at first. There's still people that complain that Ace Fraley is not in Kiss, right? Yeah. And there's people that complain that Steve Perry is not in Journey, for example. This is a completely different vibe because this is like when Bon Scott passes away. Either you get another singer and the songs continue or they disappear forever, right? Yeah. And, and that's one thing I, that, I, that I liked about what you just said is that they, like the songs – are everything and to not have those songs in the world was was a drag for so long you know yeah when you get together again to play now the songs are alive and the songs belong more to the fans than to the actual band and the members of the band themselves absolutely i mean that was the thing about it that really hit me the hardest was that you know we always joke about if the beatles if john and george had still been here, would there have been a reunion? And I think the first thing I said was, was it probably would have been at the first Live Aid. Right. The thing about Vinny and Dime not being here anymore, and Philip and Rex are here, and I think those guys felt, I want to go play my songs again too, you know? Mm. And I know, I know that there's the diehard fans who have their issues with it, but uh, for me and Zach, we're just honoring our friends, to be honest with you. That's what we're doing. And and that's it. I enjoy playing these songs. When I look down at the set list and I see the next song coming, man, I get so excited. So for me, it's so great to be doing this and seeing the reaction. I mean, you saw the videos. I mean, these the people are just loving it. So 
why would you even be so negative about something when you see how much fun people are having and, and the joy that it's bringing? I, I think that that's one of those things that I, I'm sure that anybody that had those reservations at first, they're probably not having them now because you see, like you said, like the, you couldn't have picked a better place to start than, you know, South America and Mexico. And like you look at the the gig you just had, I think it was Santiago, Chile, maybe was it Chile that you guys were just at? Yeah. And the whole floor is just like, bah, bah, bah. And it's like it's very rare to have a band that can create those types of emotions and even more rare when there's a band like Pantera where you haven't been able to play those songs like you mentioned live for 20 years. It's it's a rebirth. I know. We couldn't even hear ourselves. That's how loud it was. It was so loud. This thing just came over. It was like I wanted to, I've said this with Anthrax too when we've come down here, that sometimes you just want to stop playing and just take it all in, you know? And that's one thing that the fans in Chile, you didn't see a lot of this you know right 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 you just saw them in the moment enjoying it you know and that was one thing that i was just applauding yeah that's like charlie just said you didn't see a lot of people holding up their phones which which you're you're totally right about that and like it's it's i remember sting said when um when the police reunited and they were having a little bit of issues at first with Stuart and sting and, and then they they got over it and they said you know, we realize now these songs don't belong to us anymore they belong to the fans. Yeah. You can really see that coming through, like the, the spirit of these songs, the spirit of the brothers of Dime and, 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 and Vinny. I, I didn't know Dime at all. Obviously, you were very close to him, but Vinny was one of my best friends. I know. I went through it with Vinny a couple of times where, you know, like, you know, there's always little issues and animosity. But I think now, and I'm sure Dime, and you can kind of tell me what you think, I think they'd be like, you know what, this is pretty fucking cool. That, that our life's work will now live on and make people happy, which is what Vinny was all about. I'm sure Dime was the same, but Vinny's always cooking at his bus and come on over, one, two barbecue, come over to my house, let's have a shot, let's have some fun. This is fun. This is what Vinny and, and I'm assuming Dime as well were all about. Well, exactly. And, and like to use the word celebration, I think that's the most accurate word you could use for this thing because it is a celebration of the music and the vibe that these guys created. I mean, like you said, Vinny and Dime would be all for it. And I know there were issues with, with those guys in the past, but man, it's 2022 now. Mm -hmm. Can't hold on to grudges <laughs> all your life. You've got to let shit go. And you have to just say, I'm going to enjoy this. I want to hear Cowboys from Hell again. I want to hear I'm broken. <laughs> That's it just come out and celebrate it. And I did say something about two, three weeks ago about how I thought it was disrespectful for people to say the things that they were saying, because I felt that Vinny and Dime, if it was the opposite way, they would be probably doing this too, because they want their music to live on. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, because there's two generations never have seen Pantera. And this isn't the Pantera that started this whole thing. Yes, it's Philip and Rex, and it's myself and Zach who are filling in for, for Daryl and Vinny. And we're just trying to play these songs as best as we possibly could play them. And it works. You know, and once again, there's a lot of examples of that. One other one that pops in my head is Queen with Adam Lambert. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's not Freddie. Well, no, he's not Freddie. And Freddie's not here anymore, but it's a pretty damn good representation of Freddie Mercury. And you go to the gig and you love the tunes and you love what's going on. So... And I said that we talked about this. You and Zach are 
the perfect guys for this. I mean, I'm sure other guys could have done it, but as soon as you mentioned that to me, like, dude, like even that, the lineage and the personal relationships, and then of course, from a playing standpoint, it really is a, a perfect mix. Who originally asked you to do this? Philip called me. I mean, we, we always talk. So it wasn't like, I don't hear from Philip. Like we would always talk. And then after I talked to him, Rex called me up and he's like, would you speak to Philip? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then we were all happy about it because we go way back. First time I met these guys was like 1985. Not with Philip, of course, but Philip came in later. But um, we've always been, always been friends. Before you continue, where did you meet them in 85? Tell us the story when you first met, met the guys. Oh, Anthrax played a place in Houston called Cardi's. It was uh, it was us in the band called Hellstar, and Pantera were the the openers, and that's when we first met. I mean, they were the a different band back then, but I'll never forget that night because when we went on, there was like this huge pole in the club, and Daryl had climbed all the way up <laughs> and was hanging off of it, and he was just headbanging <laughs> all night, and it just made a mark, you know what I mean, and then. We kind of always kept in contact. So that's how far we go back. This is a, a very emotional thing for all of us. And, you know, the first night, Sterling Whitfield, he came to the Mexico City show and he brought me Daryl's wristband that he still had that Daryl wore and never been washed. And he brought me a pair of Vinny's old gloves, still had blood on them. Mm. Every night since that, I I put Vinny's glove in my pocket and I wear Dimes yeah. wristband. And I play every show with those. And it's just something that, I don't know, I feel closer to them when I want to do it, you know? It's a connection for sure, for sure. A hundred percent. And I was so, like when he brought it, he's like, I want you to have these. It was weird, man. It was like, you know, I, I'm not going to say I didn't get choked up about it, but because I did. I'm so grateful that he was there and... The whole thing was just it was just awesome. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. 
When you were, um, there's, there's so many questions to ask, but when you're talking about you know accepting this gig, what's your number one priority to honor Vinny and as a player? Are you playing his parts to a T? Like, how do you incorporate Charlie Benanti's drum playing into Vinny's playing? So I had this conversation with John Five because he was calling me about it. You know, what are you going to do? How are you going to approach it? And I told him exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to approach it like Vinny would play. So I don't play the way I would play with Anthrax. You know, the drum configuration is different. It's the way Vinny played because I felt if I set up the kit like that, then I would play like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'd have these two Chinas up here, the two big Toms <laughs> here, and I would play like that. And then Sterling, again, to mention Sterling. Is that his drum tech? Is Sterling his drum tech? No, Sterling was, uh, he engineered a lot of the, like, the last few records. Gotcha. And he was their, their guy. And Sterling made me samples of Vinny's tones from the from Vulgar and then Far Beyond Driven. And then I put those sounds into my rolling brain and I'm triggering those sounds. So when you hear them, those are Vinny's tones coming out. Oh, wow. Wow. Because I wanted it to sound like Pantera. I didn't want it to sound like, you know, uh, me playing Vinny's parts. I wanted it to sound like me playing the tones that Vinny played, you know? So it, it had to sound like Pantera. It had to make the hair on your arm stand up. That's the only way I can describe. And the first rehearsal, when I started playing, I could tell the other guys were like, that sounds like Vinny, you know? <laughs> I knew right from there that it was going to be great. And that's how I approached it. And I really did a lot of homework too, studying little things that he would do, these little nuances that maybe... The general public maybe wouldn't pick up on it, but those diehard Pantera fans and drummers would kind of go, oh, I, I, that's it. You know, so I just wanted to do that because there's been many times when I'll go see a band who there's a replacement in the band and the guy doesn't do his homework and it kind of lets me down a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to accept it, do it. Give me an example of something, a little nuance that, that, you, that you had to really study. Oh, there's a fill in the song Walk when it's like button, 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 and he does it with his, leads with his left hand where I would have led with my right hand. But when I lead it with my left, it all makes sense to me. So now when I play it live, it's always a fill that I, I enjoy doing because it's different. It's, it's a little bit of a challenge. So there's that stuff. There's Vinny's uh, triplets that he would always put in. He had a, a style of playing that was very Vinny Paul. Just a lot of just these triplets <laughs> that he would put in. And it was like, it's so important to each song, especially the parts in uh, Mouthful War. You got to hit these. Oh, man, I don't know. We just... Me and Rex, we kind of locked in right from the beginning. And even on stage, when we're playing together, we're looking at each other, just like we have this connection. So I was so happy about that. What's well, so important too, like, like for example, when, when Chris Slade got brought into ACDC, and it was actually Stevie Young too, because Malcolm, I think, had passed away at that point. Angus had them rehearsing for like three months straight of just the three of them, just working on that tightness and that connection. When you, because Pantera is such a groove heavy band, 
was there rehearsals with just you and Rex at first or, or like, how did you, yep. is that, did you guys just sit there for a few hours, just play bass and drums or how did that work? Uh, the first rehearsals were just me, Rex and Philip. And then we had uh, Philip's friend fill in on guitar, but it, for, for the most part, it was just so that actually Rex and I can kind of lock in. Mm -hmm. I had to, every time I think I'm playing it slow, I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to play it even slower than I think. Now, when I start the song, man, it's just like down, 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 down. You just got to pull it back a little bit. Like Vinny, I, I felt played a little bit behind. So that's what I try to do with them, especially the song Cowboys from Hell. That's my favorite groove. Just when it kicks in, it's just got to be right. And I know where it sits now. So when Rex gives me a look, I know it's, it's good. It's grooving. And I think a lot of people that aren't in bands don't understand how important that is, is your rhythm section locking in together. I and mean, that's everything. That's everything, man. You, you don't realize it, but it's the thing that makes you move out there. It's that rhythm section, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you mentioned Chris Slade, but there was another drummer before him that replaced Phil Rudd, you know? Simon Wright? Simon Wright. Yeah. And I always thought Simon Wright did a really great job at ACDC. And I, I love those records that he's on, too. It'd be like Flick of the Switch and Fly on oh, the yeah. Wall. I love Fly on the Wall. I think that's a great underrated DC. The production's not great, but the songs are awesome. Yeah. Same with uh, Flick of the Switch. I thought Shake Your Foundations, I think, is on that yeah, record. Yeah, Guns for Hire. Guns for Hire. <laughs> Just some good shit, you know. And now, what's the difference in, like, obviously with Anthrax, you've been playing with Frankie Bello as, as your bass player for, you know, 30 or 40 years now almost. What's the difference in playing with Rex than when you're playing with Frankie? Is that kind of more the groove element than a thrash element? Or is there, what is it? The difference is with Anthrax, I play more with Scott. Oh, okay. Interesting. Scott and I kind of lock in more than I locked in with Frankie because of, man, me and Scott are just, he's, he's fast picking and I'm right with him, you know, doing, you know, 30 second notes. And it was more the thrash element. So Scott if Scott was playing, I was playing, you know, like that. Right, 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 right. But with Pantera, it's a little bit different. And it's weird because there's only one guitar player in Pantera. But God, he sounds like two at times, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm more locked into what me and Rex are doing. And even Philip. Philip triggers a lot of things for me, too. Like with Anthrax, I don't have any vocals in my ears. But with Pantera, I have Philip in my ear. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting because that's the one thing I said, wow, I think I may have to put Philip in my ears because I do follow his kind of lead sometimes too. So for me, it was a, a total learning experience during rehearsal. I can't just rely on just having guitar and, and bass. I need some of Philip too. And now he's in there. Like even with Hostile, he counts that off. There's sometimes Philip triggers parts like in Strength Beyond Strength. You know, he's like, can't stop it. And I follow his, the way he sings sometimes helps me to kind of groove the song too. He sings very rhythmically. Even when like you, you mentioned Cowboys from Hell, when it's like, out of the darkness, the band, like that's, he's yeah. singing the part the way that I just played that drum part. I probably wasn't right, but it's like, you know, it, it, there's a connection, isn't there? Exactly. And like I follow like five minutes alone. So that's why I say I hear him and I kind of follow that groove, you know? 
Yeah, it's almost like a rap type of an element. He's almost like rapping with his vocal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about playing with, with, with Zach Wild. You mentioned, you know, it's one guitar, but he sounds like two. And this is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. And the thing I loved about Zach being involved is, of course, he, you know, I remember the famous cover of Guitar World magazine where it's him and Dime wearing war paint and whatever the f- They seem like they were two peas in a pod, you know? So once again, from a personal standpoint, he's the guy. And from a playing standpoint, he's still, he sounds like Zach Wild. You can't change that. But but he's 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 really can making these parts into his own. It sounds great, and, he, and obviously he's got the right vibe for it. But how is it playing with him and, and going from a two guitar band to a one guitar band with such a dominant guitar hero, so to speak? I love playing with Zach, both on stage and off stage. He is someone who I could just sit down and just boom, we just start talking and, or I should say Zach starts talking. <laughs> you just listen, yeah. but that's good though. Cause you're, you're, you're a quiet man. So it's a good mix. I, I enjoy listening to Zach and Zach always hits me. He, he'll always hit me with something like, all right, Charlie, <laughs> you got to bring two records with you <laughs> yeah, to, the, to the Island. Do you bring Zeppelin four? Or do you bring fair warning, you know? And, uh, and I'm just like, Jesus, what if I get this wrong? You know what I mean? So I say fair warning. And he's like, oh, man, more variety on Zeppelin 4, you know? This is this is every day with Zach. I used to love those conversations. Okay, it's you, me, Nikki Six, Isaac the bartender from Love Boat, and Charo. And we're stuck on a desert <laughs> island. All right. What do you get Charo to do? What does Isaac the bartender do? I love it. It's like he just comes up with these yeah. things and it's like, but playing with him, when I see Zach out there, man, I kind of feed off of him too, because he's so into it and I enjoy it. And then he'll come around, he'll come up to the riser and we'll, you know, just give the look and we'll play. And then if we both like hit something at the same time, we just feel it after the song, he comes over and, we'll, and, and yeah, he'll, he'll pump bump. me like, yeah. I got that. You know, we make that connection. I think Zach's playing great. It's Zach doing dime, but he also throws in a lot of the elements of the leads yes. too. You know, he'll, yeah. he'll hit certain parts that are like, oh, there you go. So for me, it's it's, it's great. 
And I think it's a, a really great band. And we're only getting better. Well, that's the thing. And, and you guys are just starting. Like you mentioned, it's been six gigs or whatever. And you know this because we went through it when we did you know, the Metal Allegiance shows. You know, sometimes you put together super groups and there's not, not that there's not chemistry, but to get that real chemistry locked in, was that something that might, that, that worried you at first? Like this is an all-star group. Did you think, what if it doesn't connect from a chemical level? Maybe a, maybe a little bit, but it started, I mean, we, we had like two weeks of rehearsing down in New Orleans. And by the end of it, I felt very confident in everybody. Mm -hmm. I have my whole list of songs that I want to add. And I still have my list of songs that I want to add because I, I think it's important to the diehard fans that when they come to see it, yes, you're going to hear the hits, but can we throw two of those deep cuts? Like use my third arm. Yeah. Yesterday don't mean shit. And Suicide. No part two, oh, you know, team. just like all these deep cuts so that people, the diehard fans go, yes, I want to hear those songs too. Even though, 60-70% like the songs, those 30% of the people are so happy that they walk out of there going, they played Use My Third Arm. That was so awesome, you know? So, because that, to me, that I'm a diehard fan, so I want to hear those deep cuts, too. Well, it's like any, like any, you know, it's like when you go to an Anthrax gig and you guys pull out, like, a Metal Thrash and Mad or something like that, or, or you know, whatever it may be. It's like, oh, that's, that's, oh, they played Metal Thrash and Mad. You want that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, if you go see... I mean, we talk about all these things that we love, going to see Paul McCartney. Yeah. And he'll do something like your mother should know, and we'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's one of those grandfather songs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, that, yeah, that, make, that makes it special. And, and the thing about Pantera, too, they're one of those bands that are so massive, but there's only five albums. You know, that's it. So you pretty much have... 10 hits but it's not like they have like it's not like the beatles that have 40 or 50 hits i mean you 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 pretty much have to pull a couple of those out to make a full set yeah absolutely i mean we play the songs of course that the masses they want to hear these songs you know this love you know broken walk of course walk is probably the biggest song of the night yeah down here at least you know it's been so crazy so you mentioned something about what a great way to start it down here yes because they are so passionate about their metal down here. Perfect place. And I, I can't talk enough about the fans here. They're just the greatest. When they come, they come. And they don't hold anything back. They just kind of say, this is it. You're going to play it for 90 minutes? or well, I'm going to give you 90 minutes of pure energy. It's almost like, you know, and we know this from being on tour, but never mind starting a whole new band. The first couple of gigs are always a little bit like, you know, you got to get work, work the kinks out of the system. But when you're playing in front of, you know, the fans in Mexico, they're not going to hear any kinks. They're just hearing fucking Pantera. So even as a player, I'm sure yeah. like after your first gig, I think you said, oh, there's a couple of things I didn't do perfect or whatever. Yeah. No one's noticing. It's the perfect place for it. I know. And that was it. And once those three or four songs were done, Man, then I was just on autopilot. Then I just enjoyed myself, you know, mm -hmm. which is something, you know, like I, I, I know other band members, musicians can understand this. And I called it kind of metal meditation where I'm up there and sometimes I forget where I am because I'm just lost in it. And I think you, you know what I mean? There's been mm -hmm. there's shows like that where you just like, oh, shit, 
I'm back. Yeah. Because you just went somewhere else and it's like meditating. There's been many times during these shows when it's happened to me. I'm just closing my eyes and I'm just somewhere else. Well, that, that means that you really know the tunes and you're feeling the groove. And it's not, I'm not saying it's in a bad way. When you, when you don't quite know a song live, like for me, I got to really concentrate on, on the lyric. What's coming up next? How does this go? When you play a song that you really know, that's when you start kind of drifting off to like, I got to do some laundry later on or something like that. <laughs> like just, Where am I going to eat? Yeah, exactly. What am I eating later? And that's not a bad thing. You're still into it, but now like you're enjoying the moment. Like, oh, you know, it, it, it does kind of get to a different level. Like you mentioned the meditation part. Exactly. And I can only equate it to like a baseball player or a basketball player when they're in their zone and they're just give me the ball and just let me go. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's been a lot of times playing these songs. And knowing where my kit is knowing everything and now i'm kind of comfortable with it and i could just close my eyes and go where i need to go let's talk about that first night it was mexico it was it was it was mexico but it was was it like toluca or something like that toluca yeah toluca yeah so talk about kind of like give me the the how you were feeling you know that day 10 minutes before the show because you had a big intro you got the big curtain like give us a little bit of that because you listen you've been in anthrax for 40 years you've been one of the the, the, the most critically acclaimed drummers for just as long but this is a whole new thing was it almost like going back to your first gig at lamore in 1982 or something exactly how i felt <laughs> i was so nervous and before the show well during rehearsals me and grady were talking about you know we're gonna have to do a shot or two before the show because i'm gonna be i need to take the edge off and it's exactly what we did but it was more for Daryl and Vinny, like we had to do a shot, a black tooth, you know, because it was just so symbolic of, of the whole thing. Usually we did one, we would do one before the show. And then right before the Planet Caravan, I walk off and Grady's right there waiting for another shot. And we would do another shot. And it completely calmed me down. I, I have to say that. And that was a big help. <laughs> and I'm not promoting alcohol or anything here, but I'm just saying that it did help me. And then after the show it was a big celebration. Like, you know, when you get the first one done, it's just like, thank you. Thank you. You know, so what a relief it was. And let's talk a little bit about people that might not know who Grady is. So Grady was Dime's tech for, for years and years and years. I think he was actually there when Dime was, was killed. How big of a deal was it to have Grady involved in this? Because at first it was announced and, you know, the, the, the estate has given their blessing yeah. But was Grady involved? Did, did it take a while for him to get? Can you tell me a little bit of that? I mean, when, when we first started talking about this, the two people that I mentioned, and of course they mentioned to be brought back, was Grady and Sonny. Sonny was a light, lighting guy. Mm. Sonny just has a great pulse. You know, he's been with Pantera since like day one, basically. And if there's anybody who's going to feel how the lights should be and how they should go it should be sunny so sunny was always mentioned and then grady was always mentioned to come back and kind of be on the production side of thing and grady is there and grady's doing dimes whammy bar Zach, and it's just helping with the sound of dime and i'm so glad he's back because i've known grady since back then too and when i look to the left and i see grady that makes me feel good you know, mm -hmm. he's been Dimes guy since day one. He was his left-hand man, you know, and Bobby Tongs was his right hand. <laughs> Bobby Tongs is not here. 
unfortunately. I wish he was here too. So that's important though, to even have some of the crew guys and the whole Pantera family, so to speak, right? Absolutely. And like I said, Sterling, Sterling came out. He came out to the rehearsals and then he came out to Mexico City too. It was important that those guys are there, you know? It, it, no, it really is. Because once again, it, it, like like you mentioned, the, the, the celebration of, of the brothers, because the show starts with a nice clip of kind of Pantera back in the day. And then you mentioned Planet Caravan. It's, that's just... You guys aren't actually playing Caravan. That's just kind of. We a, are. Oh, you're playing it. Okay, but that. But there's the brothers in the back with. Yep. Videos and stuff. We show we show a whole video of uh, Vinny and Dime while we play Planet Caravan. You know, when we first started doing it, it's very emotional, like playing that song, and then you look to your right and you see the videos of them up there, and it's. Uh, yeah, it got very emotional. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. was your relationship with Vinny? I mean, I know you guys were friends, but did you ever talk about drumming? Did you do ever do any clinics or NAM? Absolutely. Tell us about that. We would talk about drumming all the time. Influences. When we were on tour together, of course, we would talk about who our favorite drummers were and things. And Vinny, Vinny would always say to me, oh, dude, you know that lick in AIR? I kind of ripped that off. You know, he would <laughs> say things like that to me and, um, and vice versa. There's been some things. One of my favorite Vinnie Licks is off of the Southern Trend Kill record. There's a song called War Nerve. Mm. He plays his ass off on that song. That's one of my favorite Vinnie performances. And we're trying to put that song in the set list too. That's one of my favorite. Pan- it's a one of those songs that when you hear it, there's like so many parts in it. It's, it's a bit of a challenge, that song. But like I said, that's one of my favorite Vinnie performances. You know, and then Hell Yeah, we're out on a bunch of uh, dates we did in Asia a couple of years ago, and the Van Halen record had just come out. The new one? Different Kind of Truth? Different Kind of Truth. All we did was talk about that. That's all we did. And then (laughs) when, like, we'd be getting on a plane, me and him would be going, uh, 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 because we loved that album. It was so good. Stay Frosty. And it was... uh, (laughs) Stay frosty. And the thing that we would say was like, ah, oh, man, I wish Daryl was here to hear this record. He would love it because it was such a Van Halen record, you know? It's a great record. People that don't rate that record are wrong because it is a great record. You're right. And a lot of people slept on that record. They should really give it another chance. Don't listen to the first song. Don't let that dictate the record. Yeah. Because after that first song, that record is awesome. You got to tell Zach that because Zach didn't want to rate it either. I was like, dude, you got to listen to it. There's some solos on there that are amazing. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. I know. He doesn't. Have you talked to him about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Tell him he's wrong. If, if you want to be a monk, you got to eat a lot of rice. You gotta, you know, all right. I guarantee you, by this time next year, I will have Zach listening to that record. Yeah, just playing the solo from Honey Baby, Lover Doll, or whatever oh, it was. Yeah. Such a great tune, man. That's cool. Great. But that, that's the thing, and we've talked about this when, when Vinny passed away, we did a big celebration of, of his life. But th- those guys just loved music and listening to music and ZZ Top or Skinner or, or Slayer or whatever, anything in between. They were into it. And I think that, that kind of comes out in the Pantera songs themselves. 
Mm-hmm. I totally agree. There's a lot of Van Halen I always felt in Pantera. Even a song like New Level, there is a piece of like loss of control in there. You mm, know, good call. Dimes yeah. lead sometimes have a very Eddie. Uh, mm. That's kind of Van Halen, but it's very Daryl too. So all of us, if you grew up in that in, in that time, you cannot avoid but having some of that Van Halen come out in you. You know, right? There's a great nod to Van Halen in the same song, New Level, where Vinny just hits the bell of the of the ride <laughs> just like alex did on out of love yeah it's like ding ding i always thought yeah i always thought he did that as a nod to alex i'm sure he did and once again the comparisons between you know okay here's a brother that plays guitar and a brother that plays drums and van halen same thing with pantera you know he, you know at, at daryl's funeral i'll tell the story really quick no take your time we, we were sitting in the family room. It was just me and Vinny, and Rex actually came in, and Rex was sitting next to me, and Eddie Van Halen came in, and he was carrying a guitar case. And I had never met Eddie Van Halen before, and it was a very strange... I'm feeling these emotions, and then Eddie Van Halen walked in. Right. I was just like, oh, my God, this is Eddie Van Halen right here. And he brings the guitar cases, and I can see there's a piece of tape that's so old and worn, but it says VH2. And Eddie hugs Vinny and shakes my hand and shakes Rex's hand, and he kind of squats down and opens up the guitar case. And I said, I, he's telling Vinny, I know this was your brother's favorite of my guitars, the black and yellow stripe. And he's like, this is the one from the back of Van Halen, too. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. And he's like, I want to put it in with him. I want it to be buried with him. Oh, wow. And I couldn't believe this. I was like, wow, what a beautiful gesture. And we walked into the other room and Eddie placed it in there with Daryl. And I just know Daryl was <laughs> so happy about that, you know? Yeah. And even now that I think about it, I get kind of choked up because of the way it happened. And it was just a beautiful moment. That he did that. It's like the Egyptians used to put a coin in your hand so you had something to pay the ferryman. Now Dime has a guitar to play in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> with that. The Van Halen too. The Van Halen too. And I remember for Vinny, and once again, it's so insane that both those dudes are gone, but I remember for Vinny's wake funeral, you played drum. You Didn't you play his drums on, on stage? I got up and, and, and did like a little eulogy thing and they had his kid up there and I just couldn't help myself but to play one of Vinny's beats on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what it's there for, you know? Yeah. But those guys, man, they were so, what a great brotherhood that they had, the two of them, you know? Yeah. You don't get that a lot anymore. And uh, those guys loved each other so much. Vinny would tell me after Dime passed, he's like, I don't know what to do. He was the first person I talked to every day. Mm. Uh, I don't think Vinny ever really recovered from Daryl's death. I agree times a thousand and, and, and basically had him tell me that a couple times. You know, it's, it's funny because we just had two AEW shows, one on Saturday in Arlington, which is where the brothers were from, and then Wednesday in Garland, which is also kind of South Dallas. And both times I was there, I was like, man, every time I go to Dallas, I always think about Vinny. And like, if he was, if he was here, he'd, he'd be at the show, you know, asking for 15 tickets. 
Exactly. <laughs> and you know, you, you want to hear something weird too? Next year, the Metallica date is in Arlington and it's the weekend of Daryl's birthday. Wow. Exactly. That's huge, right? Let's talk a little about what we're, since we're talking about the, the brothers, you, you, I love your kick drum heads. Oh yeah. Yeah. If people haven't seen it, it's an amazing airbrushed painting of Daryl on one holding a shot and Vinny on the other holding a shot. Was that, what a great idea. First of all, was that your idea? And second of all, did you paint those? No, I didn't paint them. Uh, Stephen Thompson, who does a lot of the anthrax designing and stuff like that with me, he he did them. He did such a great job. He captured, he just captured them so great. And they both are raising a shot, which was so Pantera. Yeah. I mean, those home videos are some of the, the funniest <laughs> and some of the, the greatest things. I mean, they can cheer you up when you're having such a shit day. You watch that. It's just so much fun going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that, too. Those guys lived life to the fullest. When they were alive, they were alive, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was important to me to have because I wanted to have four kick drums. But then – I didn't want to have two extra shells. I just wanted to, it, it's kind of a facade, but I just like the way it looked. And we have these two big cowboys from hell with, with the snakes going down that Phillips White's Kate designed. We didn't know that. I didn't know she was doing that. And they didn't know that I was going to have this kind of drum design. And they didn't know that I was going to have a stainless steel drum kit. And it just all went together. Like we were all kind of in sync with each other. And the show, I mean, putting the show together and everything really came together really well, too. You know, the fire is fucking crazy. <laughs> the other night, dude, we were like, oh, my God, I'm feeling this a lot tonight for some reason. That's a weird thing because we've never played with fire. You never had that with anthrax with the fire? No, we were basically on fire ourselves, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then why four bass drums? Because you want to do the Alex Van Halen 1984 kit? Got to go big. <laughs> it's a total nod to Van Halen completely the only, the only band that can get away with four kick drums and it's like I want to go big with this I want it to look like Van Halen you know like Pantera you know so why not you know more is more <laughs> exactly I and another great touch that I because everyone obviously when the when the show started like I think where was I uh, was I in Edmonton or I might have even been in Australia still I was checking out the time, so I wanted to see the exact time. I looked on my phone, Googled what time is it in Mexico, you know, what time am I now? And then as soon as the show starts, you're following along with the set, the videos start coming out. And the one thing on the big screen, there's Charlie with a big headband on, yeah. which was a, a, a Vinnie Paul standard. He even had the headband with the do-rag, a, a total homage there, obviously. Totally. It's a total Vinnie thing. Even the shirt that I wear on stage that I designed was Vinny and Dime. It's like these uh, years ago, I did this design with Daryl kind of as a Simpsons character for the Dean asked a few artists to do a guitar for charity. So I did the front of the guitar had a totally different design, but on the back, I never told him I was doing this and I did this Dime Simpsons. I never even took a picture of it. That's the thing. I just <laughs> gave it away. And then a friend of ours, Chad Lee, said, dude, do you have the actual? I said, no, the actual one is on the guitar because he wanted to get a tattoo of it. And then I see people coming around with tattoos of that design. So 
for this tour, I wanted to do Dime and Vinny on my shirt and the, the Simpson characters. So I don't know. It just I just liked it. Fans notice this stuff. You notice it too, like Zach on stage wearing jeans. He's been wearing a kilt for a long time. He's got the St. Dime and St. Vinny on the back of his jacket. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is cool. And it, it, it once again shows that this is just a total homage and a tribute to, the, to these guys and to the music. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love Zach's vest and he's, he's getting me one of those too. I was like, oh, dude, I love that. <laughs> the patches are so awesome. And Zach looks cool, man. What's your history with Zach? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys know each other. I met Zach for the first time, uh, first day of the Aussie tour in Pensacola, Florida in 1988, 89, maybe. Oh, oh, that's right. Anthrax opened the No Rest for the Wicked tour, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So we had mutual friends, Mark Weiss, people like that. I remember I took a, a BMX out on that tour with me, and I would ride it around the arena. And the first day the Aussie band was doing a long sound check and Zach was playing hotel California note for note. And I remember stopping and just sitting on my bike and just listening to him play. I was like, dude, this dude's fucking awesome. <laughs> and I always thought he was, Zach was just a guitar player who, man, he just had his own style. Just looks so good up there when he's playing, you know, with his hair going back and forth. It's just, he's in, he's in his own. I don't think we were close throughout the years, but then I would see him and we'd talk and, you know, share this, share that. But then the tour we did with Black Label, right. we completely bonded. Like every day we would talk. The funny thing is the third day of the tour, I go over to Zach and I said, hey, Zach, maybe one day we'll, uh, you know, we can jump in a room and start playing some Pantera songs. And he's like, nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. And he's like, I still have to practice. And then that whole tour, he would call it, he was going to Pantera University. After the show, he would go in the back of the bus and just learn the songs, you know, and that's all he did. I respect that because I know at first it's like, you know, Zach, Zach's still learning the songs, but he had a great point. Like, why, why would he know those songs off the top of his head? Because that's some intricate, like you mentioned, Pantera University, he mentioned he had to go on YouTube and watch some of the stuff to figure out how it goes. I mean, this is not some gig. And I go back to when we've done some of the, some of the shows, the, the Metal Allegiance thing, where you got you can't just go on stage and go, oh, I know this one. Like, no, you don't. You don't know this one. No. And so that's, you know, I appreciate the fact that he said, I'm not ready yet, so I'm not going to half-ass it with you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I totally respected that. He needed the time to kind of get them to where he felt confident enough to play them. And that was it. And that's how he did it. And he's awesome. He, he's, he's, he's killing it. Well, and he, he, you know, once again, has had this experience before of coming into a band and having to play these classic leads by a little known guitar player called Randy Rhodes. Right. I think people kind of forgot that, like right out of the gate at 19, he's got to learn some of these most famous solos of all time and, and, and really nail it, you know? You know, he told me something the other day that I was completely shocked. He's like, you know, I've never played Over the Mountain with Ozzy. Really? I'm like, what? Wow. He's like, yeah, never played it. Never played it with Ozzy. Well, yeah, I guess Ozzy probably hasn't ever done that tune live, obviously, right? Without Randy. Without Randy. But I don't even know if he played it with Jake. I don't think so. I know he, he opened that Diary of a Madman tour with it, but I, I can't recall him ever playing it with anybody else. Yeah. Flying High Again, Jack's never done it. Really? He said, flying high again. Nope, never done it. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk a little bit more uh, as we start to wind down here. You mentioned the, the Metallica tour. That, to me, is kind of like the ultimate stamp of approval. Like, everything else is great, but now you get the call to open for Metallica and these stadium shows. That's going to be fucking massive. Like, the other bands are great and Five Finger and all that stuff, but, like, if I'm going, I'm going to the night that you guys are, are playing with them, you know? I'm very excited. I mean, of course, we, we've done the big four shows, so I know how enormous this is and how enormous it's going to be. But this is going to be different because it's on the 50-yard line. And we're going to be playing in the round, which none of us have ever done that. Mm. Maybe Zach did it when he did that thing with Ozzy recently. The football game, yeah. But we have to really like reconfigure everything. And we have to play in the round. We have to not just play to the north. We got to play to the south, too, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I right. mean, Metallica's, are, they're, they're pros at this stuff, too, and, and Def Leppard. But uh, so this is going to be a learning experience. How do we do it? I think it's also going to be kind of cool for you. I mean, you and Lars started out together. You have such a long history, and here you are coming to play with them in, in this whole other band. But, and you know, Lars is going to be watching you going, you know, <laughs> fucking Charlie's just playing so fucking great. I can't even believe it. <laughs> do you, <laughs> have you spoken to him about this at all? Did you ever do you have that type of relationship with Lars? I spoke to Kirk about it. Yeah. Because we both sh- our birthdays are like a couple of days apart. So we were both kind of going over birthdays and years and where did it all go and all that stuff. He just said they're super stoked about this. And like you said, they chose Pantera, which was like, wow, that's pretty fucking yeah. cool. You know, I don't take any of that for granted. I know we're all so fired up about it and we're designing something, how how we could do it, how we could reach everybody in that room. You know what I mean? So I think for a fan to come to that, that's a show, you know? Yeah. Wolfie opened up. It's going to be cool. And it's one of those things that's just, it's just Metallica is, is this way. Like, they might take Anthrax or Black Label out, but the fact that it's Pantera, it's like, this is, this goes far beyond that, you know? Um how big are you? Do you want to? Are the plans for this celebration? Are you guys gonna just take it, kind of leg by leg? Or are you doing a whole world tour, a whole extensive U.S. tour? Like, what's kind of the plans? I mean, I know twenty three. There's a lot going on, and then there are some Metallica dates in twenty four. But that's that's it. It's just a lot of twenty three. Mm-hmm. Is this, and you know, not sure how anything else is going to really fit in at this part because anthrax was still working on this record and probably going to make that in between, but there's a lot of Pantera dates in 23. How did you approach like when this came to be a thing and you guys kind of were realizing it's, it's a real deal. I'm assuming Scott being your business partner, your closest partner in the band or everybody, but when did you tell Scott about this and were you nervous at all or, or how was the kind of that? reception i was very nervous yeah of course right <laughs> and they kind of beat me to the punch to tell those guys because something came out before anything and it's like oh shit 
I didn't even have a chance to talk to my guys, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and something was out there and then I had to address it. But my guys were super pumped. They were super stoked about it. And they were very, very supportive, which I was happy about. I mean, we've been together for over 40 years. So they knew they were very close with Pantera. Mm -hmm. I think they felt the same way that they were happy that it was me doing it. So, yeah, they were very supportive. And there's been times before, I remember even when we did Soundwave years ago, I think John Deddy was on drums. There's been a few times when, you, if Anthrax has shows, will they play them without you if they have to? That hasn't been talked about yet, but uh, in Mexico City, Pantera played Friday and then Anthrax played Sunday, so I was able to do the Anthrax show. Right. <laughs> so that worked out that way. How was that doing double duty that weekend? It was awesome. I loved it, actually, because when I got on the anthrax kit it just felt like you know home <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it was great i loved doing that it was nice and easy could you do both in the same night i don't know about that i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to do that i don't know it's i don't think it would be it wouldn't be cool to do it i don't think you know right both are intense in different ways exactly so last few things for you so what what is the hardest song to play in the Pantera set? I mean, as far as the groove goes, like I said, I pull it back a lot, especially on Broken and Becoming and Five Minutes Alone and Cowboys just have a nice groove that I like to pull it back a bit. And as it goes on, I'm pulling it back even more, just feeling that groove. There's parts of, of Vinny's playing, like I told you, that, that fill and walk that I wanted to get exactly right there's the becoming kick drum pattern that i wanted to get Gosh. exactly right sometimes my adrenaline gets the best of me and i kind of play it a bit too fast and then i kind of pull it back you know like i talk to myself like pull it back charlie where <laughs> you going you know there's still <laughs> <laughs> watch the beat <laughs> watch the beat exactly so those are the type of things and i just like to approach it in a very vinnie paul way the way he would approach the fill you know pull it back and there it is. The kick drum part of becoming always didn't make sense to me. Like I'm not a drummer, but I'm a musician, and it just always seemed like there was an extra little throwing a like a can with a rock in it down a flight of stairs. Yeah, that seems that would be harder to play properly. I I always loved the end part of that. It was like tap dancing to me. And then when I was learning how to play that part i thought it was more than what it was so i was approaching it in a very and then a drummer friend of mine thomas lang i was asking him like how would you approach it and he's like dude it's not all that it's just it's simple right left two rights you know it's like what you know but the way it sits it's so awesome. It's just such a great part that he came up with. You know? <laughs> I can see him laughing. Hey, Charlie, that's a tough one, isn't it, motherfucker? Got you on that one. He would tell me, too, that he's like, after the first tour, Far Beyond Driven, he's like, dude, I couldn't play it anymore. So he's like, he was having problems with it because it was a mental thing. He said, I wasn't playing it the way I originally played it. Uh, so he would play it a different way. I can't hear things like that or else it'll f me up mentally. You know? <laughs> That's what Lars does on one now. You know, he's kind of transposed over the years and create these crazy parts 
and then realize as you, you know, like you said, they're not easy to do, especially night after night after night. Yeah, exactly. And mentally, if you, it's like a pitcher. If you're off, man, you, you, you kind of have to get it back at some point, you know, you just get into the slump, but thank God I'm going to knock on wood. Hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song to play live so far with them? Dude, I love playing all of them. Like I said early on, when I look at the set list and then I see this song's coming up, I get so pumped up. Oh, I love this song. Um, yeah. One of my favorite songs that they have is this, is that song, Use My Third Arm. I just love the drumming in it. Ah, it's just a killer song. It's so aggressive. So that's one of my favorites. And the last song on the set, Cowboys from Hell, I love the shit out of that song. It's still, it's still like, I don't know, man. It's hard. New level's great, oh. becoming's great, but but Cowboys still the one for me. That I just probably if, if you said to me, give me one line of a Pantera song that sums up the whole band, and it's that we're taking over this town. This town. I just love yeah. that. Like it's just so like, yeah. oh, let's take over the town. Because I know when that intro starts and there's that loop, you know, mm. gets me excited. And then Zach will play the riff, and then we all come in. It's just like, there it is. And you just look out in the crowd, and they're just having such a great time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there it is. That's what it's all about right there. That's right. Uh, last question for you. Do you have a favorite story about Diamond and Vinny that you remember from over the years? Oh, God, I have too many of them. <laughs> I mean, Daryl, every, every, every day was, uh, was, was another story. The last time I saw Daryl, was at in Chicago actually, and they were doing some hell yeah dates. No, not hell yeah. They were doing damage plan. Damage dates. plan. Yeah. It was at the House of Blues, and afterwards we had this great party, and we went downstairs to where the jazz band sets up. I got behind the kit, and Daryl was just behind me, going absolutely apeshit, <laughs> and it was just such a great. If I knew that was going to be the last time that I saw him, I was so happy about it because we had such a great time and then the next day he called me up he's like dude i haven't had a time like that in so long and he was just so happy about it and you know rita told me that weeks later too you know because he he died about a week and a half after that yeah and she was just saying how happy he was that night and that that to me was the greatest yeah but Vinny was always Vinny, and the one thing about Vinny, like I said, when we were in, in Asia doing those shows and we hung out a lot on that run, you know, we would talk and we would bond over that Van Halen record and taking the bullet train to Osaka. Both of us were sitting there listening to it and just, just <laughs> rocking out. These are the things that I remember, those type of moments, you know, and yeah, man, I miss those guys a lot. Yeah. I got a video from Vinny. The Winnipeg Jets were playing the, La the Las Vegas Knights in the playoffs and the, the, the Knights eliminated the Jets. It was the final four. And he was in his pool with a drink. And he's like, hey, mother, you guys almost did it, but the good guys won. And that's the video. He <laughs> and I had that. And like, like you said, two weeks later, he's gone. But like Vinny Paul in his pool, talking hockey with a shot of whatever he was drinking, doesn't get much better than that, you know? No, I told Rex a story too, like a couple of weeks ago. I said, dude, because Vinny lived up the hill from Rex 
Okay, yeah. And he had this golf cart. And I was at I was at Vinny's house and he's like, Hey man, let's go take a ride down to Rex's house. So I'm like, Okay, so I thought we were gonna get in this car. We got into the golf cart and we're driving down <laughs> the hill at full speed. And Rex had just had all of his like uh, landscaping done. He had these new flowers and fucking Vinny just ran <laughs> over all of them. <laughs> and the next day Rex was like, What the f- man i just had all this shit done it cost me an arm and a leg and he would tell me he's like dude he would pull that shit all the time wrecking my garden so i don't know just funny shit yeah well dude like i said congratulations on putting together something very special i think Vinny and dime be very proud of it and uh it's great to see you doing so well it's great to talk to you man yeah i miss you yeah i miss you too buddy I'll, i'll see you soon and congratulations and uh great job so far Awesome. Thanks, Chris. And safe travels. And I'll see you soon. Happy holidays to you and your family. Same to you, buddy. Talk to you soon, man. All right, bro. Bye.